What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie with the Black History Month halfway through. Um, We are still continuing on the path, on the track, and we are still diving into more Black horror movies that we have yet to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really excited for today because... This month, I mean, look, I feel like I'm getting an extra treat. I know last week was my pick, (laughs) but this week falls slightly under the umbrella as well, because this is a movie that I have wanted to cover, like, since we started the podcast. (laughs) Really? Okay. Me, on the other hand, this was a movie that has been on my radar for a long time. But I didn't know when we were going to cover it on the podcast. Because mm-hmm. um, I have actually never seen this movie. This is my first time watching it. Right. Which is very exciting for me, always. Um, yeah, I think that I only... I say that as if it's a movie that I bring up every month. Like, are, we should cover this. <laughs> I think I've only brought it up once as an option before. But also, too, it is a great movie to potentially cover in February. And I feel like that's the last time I brought it up was potentially February of last year. So, you know, okay. I can see that. That would make sense. It's not like I was like, you know, advertising it <laughs> or saying for your consideration often, but it has been on the back of my mind. And, and so as you guys know, this is like the we pick kind of a week. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it ended up kind of working out, particularly for me. And I'm really excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, I'm also excited to talk about it, too, because uh, this is a fun movie. And definitely, like I said, one that's been on my radar for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we love Wes Craven here and uh, getting to hop back into his, uh, you know, directorial shindig is always fun. Um, but this one's a little different. Like, this is a different Craven for me. This is a, a different style of director. Very different. Very different. And different in the best way. But I feel as though if you did not know this was directed by Wes Craven, it would be a, a big what the fuck moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it definitely i feel like especially for around that time and the movies that he had underneath his belt at that point this feels like the farthest jump to a different reality (laughs) (laughs) that we've had for him thus far (laughs) yeah that's true but yo it's still horror you know it's black as hell as well as blackish Mm -hmm. as hell there's there's blackness to it we'll talk about it but it fits it fits all the criteria um, it's a great pick for the homies pick for Black History Month, and we're excited to talk about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we should just get on in there. Let's, let's, let's go inside this house so that we Ooh. can talk about what's underneath them stairs. Let's enter the house. But before we enter the house, imagine this. I'm sitting mm-hmm. on the porch. Mm-hmm. Before you walk up to the house, I'm sitting on the porch. Mm-hmm. And you say, I want to go in that house. And I say, well, it's a little bit scary. And then you say, how scary mm-hmm. is it? 
Mm. And I say on a scale one to five, five being the scariest, one being the least scary. <laughs> I tell you that personally for me, the house mm-hmm. is, uh, the house is a two. Okay. The house is a 2.5 for me, which uh-huh. potentially seems high, but I will say that I think I hold some residual fear from when I was younger about this movie because I do feel like the people under the stairs, I remember that legitimately scaring me um, for a, a while when I was younger. And so I mm-hmm. feel like I still hold that into my adulthood. It is very much not necessarily a scary movie because it is pretty satirical seeming it leans heavily into comedy and so it's not scary in the general sense but i will say there are some jump scare moments there is some creepy design and i feel like the idea of it is scary and Mm -hmm. so i'm bumping it down from like youth Erica would have ranked this higher. Adult Erica would have ranked this lower. I'm finding a middle ground. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I think I would put this movie for me at a one and a half. Um, yes. <laughs> granted, I do think there are scary elements to it and there are some... Uh, you know, there there are jump scares and there are some unnerving images in here. But like for me, what brings it down is the wackiness of things like this movie yeah. gets very wacky in places. And I feel like because of that wackiness, I never really felt scared for more than like a second. Uh, yes. So that's going to keep the scare factor down a lot for me. But that's not to say the wackiness was a bad thing. It's just like it definitely took away from the tension in a lot of moments yeah and and i think that your scale is much more accurate like i feel like <laughs> that is that is about where it should fall um so realistically your scare scale is is what i will give to the homies <laughs> as the scare scale for the people under the stairs and um with that said uh go ahead you can you may enter the house <laughs> well thank you so much <laughs> all right homies we're entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we're talking about the people under the stairs from 1991 this movie was written and directed by wes craven and is starring brandon quentin adams as fool AJ Langer as Alice, Everett McGill as Man, Wendy Robbie as Woman, and Vig Rames as Leroy. Dexter is a young man down on his luck. His mom has cancer. His family is being evicted, and he has no money to help. But when a family friend lets Dexter the Fool in on a plan to rob his landlord, he's ready to do whatever it takes for his family. But nothing could prepare our robbers for the horror they would find inside. Insert Bear Trooper Burglars, Pissed Off Princes, and Next Level Child Neglect here. Our film concludes with Fool teaming up with Alice and Roach to escape the couple's madhouse. Problem is, the couple has
has no intention of letting them leave. Also, may they burn in hell. Roll credits. May I ask, was it a choice to call him Dex- Dexter? Uh, yes. Well, they call him Dexter once, I think, right? Because, like, his full name's Poindexter. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think his sister calls him Dexter at one point. Or okay. either his sister, or, or no, his mom, his mom. His does. mom. I think it was his mom. I know, like, at least yeah. one person called him Dexter. And quite frankly, Dexter was a lot easier to do during the synopsis than Poindexter. Yeah, so. Poindexter was uh, slightly the most. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, I'm sure he knows it's Poindexter. I assumed that you had <laughs> done that as a choice. But I wanted to make sure before I said that and you and then you were like, oh, shit. But yeah, yeah no, 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 I'm cool you, with that. I'm cool with that. We did. We did. We in there. <laughs> All right. Well, since this particular pick fell a little bit on the Erica side of things, why don't you let me know what's in your notebook? Okay. Um, well, my first actual note is a little bit deeper into the movie, mm-hmm. but I will say I do always forget this <laughs> this introduction with the tarot cards and mm. the voiceover and the that's why I call you fool. Like I, every <laughs> I forget that this is how the movie starts. It's actually a pretty fun way to start the movie. This movie to me is so much fun because and I feel like this introduction feels falls into also what I'm about to say. That's why I'm tying weaving it together in this manner. But This movie falls under what I like to call 80s adventure films, even though this movie is not from the 80s. It feels like that same tone and and timeline as those adventure films where it's like young kids in a wacky scenario. Yeah. And I like adventures and babysitting the Goonies. Mm-hmm. The Burbs, The Sandlot, mm-hmm. even though that's also from the 90s. Like those, all those movies and the way that they feel and the way that the hijinks ensue. This movie feels just like that, just mixed with horror. And I feel like this introduction always makes me feel that way. It's like very teen witch. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know no, no, I what that, it is, I but sure. I love it. It's silly, but I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a really good introduction to things. I love... You know, I love hearing them talk about things because I just I feel like their banter really sets up uh, a lot of the conversation in this movie, Mm -hmm. especially like the dialogue, too, because like although this movie isn't totally black, right, it definitely has like a bit of a black voice in places. Right. Sometimes better than other places. I will say that. Um, Yeah, we can feel West (laughs) kind of slipping in there every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, these characters, I like the way that they talk to each other. It feels very much like an actual family. And Mm -hmm. like, I like that we're getting this information while still getting to know a little bit about the relationship between these two people, between like Ruby and Fool. Because like, although they don't spend too much of the movie together, I do feel like the family connection is a big springboard for this movie like why does he go through all of this stuff for his family you know they're very close and like i feel like we get the first snippets of that from this section oh for sure and also too um kelly joe minter who plays ruby you won't know this yet because we have not reached this movie yet but she is in a nightmare on elm street 5 she 
oh. is in that movie as well. Yes. And oh, I was okay. like, I realized halfway there, I was like, Roshane won't know this because you haven't seen five yet because we're not mm-hmm. quite there in our coverage. Check out all our other ones from one through four. <laughs> <laughs> but she is in that movie too. Um, so oh, cool okay. little crossover world. Although, of course, Wes Craven was not connected to the movies anymore right. at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, going with that 80s adventure spirit, the introduction is very expository, which is just a... It, it's just uh, the way that those movies unfold. It's the beginning where you meet the characters always feels like it flies by at mm-hmm. like a roadrunner pace where it's like, this is me and this is what I do. That's my sister and that's what she does. I'm the fool because I'm turning and I'm turning 13. It's this very like paint by numbers introduction. It's it's still fun though. It, particularly because with there is never... Everything, a lot of things happen very quickly with no explanation, especially in this beginning bit, because why is Leroy on their couch? It's like he appeared out of the couch. (laughs) Why is Leroy there? Can we we answer the first most important question of this movie? Leroy, what are you doing here? (laughs) How did you get into my apartment? Like, the, the way that fool reacts, it's like Leroy wasn't sitting there. Fool tucks his nephew or niece, I'm not, I can't recall, in, turns around, and there's a strange man (laughs) sitting on the couch that's basically like, damn, fool, y'all about to get evicted. It's like, hello. (laughs) How did you get in here? (laughs) Right. Though it does seem like they're close, though. Like, he does know him because he knows, right? Like, because he's a friend of Ruby's. Because remember, he says, who are you? And he goes, I'm Leroy. <laughs> I'm a friend of Ruby. Or he says, like, I know your sister or something. Oh, yeah. He does introduce himself. I'm yeah. like, why do I know this? It's because he tells us this in the movie. That's true. Yeah. yeah no, this complete stranger <laughs> just asked this poor boy to go rob somebody. Uh, what a great parental figure. <laughs> yeah. It's like he completely preys upon fools like fool's fear and the fact that a his mother is sick and which is another thing that fool didn't really know and leroy tells him like hey your mom has cancer like fool <laughs> didn't know the extent of his mother's illness he tells he tells him that she has cancer he tells him that they're gonna get evicted like he breaks Yo, he's all just of keeping this. it real yeah he's like <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. He breaks all this heavy news on this child and then it, and then basically says, oh, but I know a way that we can fix all that. Yeah, nah, he definitely takes advantage of fool <laughs> in the most unapologetic way. He, he sees an opportunity and he's like, I bet. <laughs> but the thing is, regardless of how weird it is that he's even involved in this situation, the fact of the matter is he does still need the money. Like, they are still in a very problematic situation. Like, his mom's not going to make it. They are getting evicted tomorrow. So, like, they do not have time to figure out a backup plan. So, like, he's kind of out of options, which is the reason I'm going with that ruby allowed him to even get involved in this in the first place because i feel like in some respects she knows as well that like look i mean if he doesn't do it (laughs) our ass is on the street tomorrow so right she puts a little up a little bit of a fight she doesn't want fooled to fall into this world because she wants better for him 
and he he wants better for himself but yeah she i think she's also very aware that they're in a very precarious situation and i assume that she has a little bit of faith in Leroy to protect her brother. But mm-hmm. also, too, there's this idea of, oh, well, we're not just stealing from anyone. We're stealing from the people who are fucking you over, basically. Yeah. So if anybody deserves it, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if anybody deserves it, then they do. And so I feel like all of those little bits and pieces are enough of a pro where it's like, because I mean, the worst that you could expect is, is maybe that they get caught, not that they get caught in the house of horrors like that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is not even a factor on anybody's mind but we do learn that leroy and spencer they're professionals at this this is not their first robbery yeah no that's true like they they've done this before um Mm -hmm. they've done this successfully before and he is going into this one with an actual plan like you know those times when people in a movie are like i've got a plan but they have absolutely no plan whatsoever like (laughs) at least in this scenario leroy does in fact have a plan um yeah it's not the best plan but it is a plan and it works to some degree as well once you get spencer involved too because like they do have the first plan trying to exploit fool and have him go up there you know with the whole boy scout thing which smart smart way to try and get yourself into the building but uh the woman's having none of that um and so then we have spencer the professional the man who's done this before comes through and he manages to get inside um to his later dismay um but the thing is like they are successful in getting in the house like right. they they're not just all talk like they they are experienced burglars they do have information that this this couple this family what have you does have a ton of money and mm-hmm. they know where it is so it's like again in fool's situation I understand why he decides to go along with things. Also, the fact of the matter is, too, like at the age that he's at and like with his current circumstances, um, we hear it even from his mom later on. um, He's really feeling like he has to take up the man mantle in his family. Like he has to be the man of the house. He has to help provide. And so, you know, as we see throughout the course of this thing, he takes that job very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a little bit of also, too, of what the tarot card scene represents. It's not just like filler, but also, too, there is this idea of Fool's character needing to step from adolescence into adulthood, in a sense, and kind of taking a plunge to out of ignorance and naivety to to be a provider or to, you know, to just to try new things and to face the things that you're afraid of, which Fool does in this film. I will like Fool is one of my favorite characters in in a movie. He's fantastic. He is not a dumb character at all. He is about Fool is like a fuck around and find out type of person. Like he's about his business. He's very realistic in the sense that you can tell that he's afraid and you can tell that he's like, oh this is some stupid shit like i don't know why i'm doing this but at the same time once he's in that situation i appreciate that he's not afraid to face the consequences of what Mm -hmm. is before him and to fight against that and i think that the way he does it is very clever like even with the beginning of this break-in most of the successes that we get 
are because of Fool. Like, yeah. Leroy would have been shit out of luck in a lot of these places if Fool was not there, despite Leroy acting like that's not the case. Um, I think both the audience and Fool know that they're, he's carrying a lot of weight on his back. <laughs> also, too, the first mistake that they make, although Leroy has done this before, He's a little bit loosey-goosey with things because they have this whole plan of like, oh, yeah, we're going to wait until tonight. And then they switch it up and decide to break in in broad daylight. But not only that, they don't even know if there are other people in the house. They just see mm-hmm. the the woman leave and think, great, the house is clear and break in. Um, we realize that they were wrong and not even just in the sense with the people under the stairs, but also Alice, the daughter is in the house and nobody thought to check. I mean, uh, granted, nobody knows that they have kids, but, but still, right. There could have been somebody in the house. (laughs) Yeah. And also there is a very vicious, um, royalty dog in there. um, ready to attack. That would have been nice to know about probably before you entered the building. He also parks in their driveway, which I just can't imagine is the smartest burglar idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. He could have parked anywhere. Leroy gets so blinded by the idea that Spencer is in there taking all the gold for himself that I feel like he fully throws caution to the wind. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm getting my piece. Yeah. Though, I I gotta ask you, do you think that Ving Rhames decided on his outfit or wardrobe did? Because either or, whoever did is winning. (laughs) I mean, I like to believe that that was a collaboration because (laughs) I could 100% see Ving Rhames being like, no, this is what I want to wear. But I have to imagine that wardrobe had a very specific look for for him yeah because leroy to me feels like a character pulled almost right out of like do the right thing as far as aesthetics wise uh, which would have come out two years before this movie so i wonder if maybe they were like we want leroy to be this sort of a person and bing rames was like okay then put then like this is what Uh i should wear (laughs) (laughs) but no he looks dope he i do love his outfit i love the uh fool's outfits too i think they look very realistic for like a a child his age living in the place that he lives i'm like yeah i would i would have worn that when i was a kid yeah it's a very 90s kid outfit but like i like it (laughs) that's true that's true now wardrobe wardrobe killed it with this but yeah despite all that despite the clean fit and the mistakes that they made once they get inside or as they go inside, once they get inside, I feel like is where the movie really starts, right? Because it's right. like, because a lot of the fun and mystery of this movie is the discoveries that we make inside the house. Like, similar to what you're saying about the adventure feel of things, which I totally felt. This movie felt a lot like a reverse Home Alone, in a way. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's got that wackiness of, like, exploring the house and seeing all of its, like, nooks and crannies and, like, secret places and all this stuff. But we're doing it from the other side this time, and we're doing it from the burglar's perspective, which is kind of fun. Um, Loki, this movie kind of did Don't Breathe before Don't Breathe, now that I think about it. Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> it did. And it does it better, in my opinion. Ooh, ooh, okay. Hot take, hot take. <laughs> I had to do it to him. I'm sorry about it. But it it does, yeah, because it's the whole idea of burglars going into a house 
that they believe is, and they believe that they have the upper hand and then realizing that these horrible things are actually happening inside the house or that the people that are inside the house are much more capable than they had previously thought. Um, and now speaking of this house, I love mm-hmm. this house as a set. I, I think yeah, as a location, really oh, it's it's great. They did a great job of having a single location that feels endless. This house feels like there is just halls on halls on halls inside of it. Just so much stuff in, like to be discovered within the house. And I love the way that it's designed because... I mean, I guess we can talk about mommy and daddy a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit now. But I feel like the with the characters that they are, they very much kind of represent these affluent, rich characters who are these I, these rich people who only care about get, gaining more wealth regardless of how that affects anyone around them who believe that like oh the world's going to shit and and like these people are ruining what the world should be like they have a very idealized view of what the world should be and they want everything to fit that way but it's interesting because although they want to continue to gain wealth they're not really doing anything with it yes they have a huge house that's full of obviously like expensive things But this house is dirty as fuck and it's hiding Mm -hmm. some very, very nefarious things. So it's like this beautiful facade with this, these dirty little secrets underneath it. And I think the set design of it is, is so good because it looks like a rundown house that like just happens to be full of rich things. And I feel like that is perfect for this, this story. Yeah. And I agree with you too. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch the house expand, too, because, like, again, we spend a majority of this movie in the house. And because it's so large, we have to kind of, like, tackle it piece by piece. And I feel like the movie does a good job of, like, presenting different areas of the house over time as well. Um, but even the introduction of these characters, I think, was good to establish, like, the kind of characters they are. Because, like, both both the man and the woman, they stray on the cartoonish levels of evil. Um mm-hmm. But I like that that's presented from the beginning and it's just like a starting point for them and they find ways to continue to go up from there, which I didn't know that they could because Homeboy started this whole thing eating uh, something that I guess he killed and is pulling bullets out of it. He's pulling like buckshot out of his dinner. Gotta admit, kind of gangster, but still (laughs) like (laughs) it's such a particular choice. And then like watching the mom navigate with alice you see the kind of like rigid um no nonsense woman that she is and how like abusive the both both of them Mm -hmm. are as a team i again i think this movie does a great job of setting up all the things that you need to know in like the first 20 30 minutes so that it can just play for the rest of the time yeah because it, it does a great job of just setting up the characters setting up the idea of like why we're here setting up the location and then introducing all of these crazy ideas and then having fool have to navigate through all of that. Like Mm -hmm. the timing and pacing of things is really well done. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because I feel like even in that moment where we should kind of have a better handle of what's going on, we still don't because when fool first goes into the basement 
and kind of and find Spencer, who I guess died of mm-hmm. fright. Yeah, what, <laughs> what like, actually? What happened to Spencer? That's what Bull Bull says that he died of fright, which in full I, confidence. <laughs> I. I assume means that Spencer probably had a heart attack because he is just lying in the middle of the room. It's not like he got eaten or anything. He's been there, started to eat him a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like he probably had a heart attack. It's a little bit weird, though, because it also looks like he's covered in flour. I think what they were trying to do was to make him very pale looking, but he looks like he's dusty. Like, yeah, <laughs> very much dusty. It's it's giving it is very much giving um Carrie Ellis and saw it's that same <laughs> makeup look where it's like, oh, you look like you <laughs> just got buried alive and just burst out of the ground. Um, But yeah, even then, though, it's like you get a little bit of a taste of what's going on. But I like the way that the design of this scene is because it's a lot of lighting choices where you just see like flashlights through the walls and you hear like the, and the with the sound design, you hear moaning. So it's like, you know, something fucking weird happening. But from Fool's perspective, he doesn't understand what is happening yeah. and i like that because then when he goes back upstairs to talk to leroy you understand why he's like not totally giving the information because he doesn't have it he doesn't know exactly mm-hmm. what's going on he's just like hey we got to get out of here because the most important thing is that the the woman and the man are back like that's yeah. the the focus of things but he's also like hey yo uh uh downstairs is a little bit spicy like a little mm-hmm. bit nasty a musty uh musty basement if you will can we leave yeah also spencer's <laughs> dead so that's yeah, also oh, another yeah. cue spencer, that maybe we should probably bounce spencer died of fright but damn like i did find a coin though <laughs> <laughs> but also like there are now there are some like wacky choices that are very much kind of like winking at the camera because like when he even finds Leroy as he's like laying down in the hallway (laughs) and like clearly the shot set up for everyone including Fool to believe that he's dead when he just is um listening very intently to something where it's like come on we we all know what you were trying to do there um but like stuff like that it's it's fine again i feel like that silliness is like a welcome part of this movie because like those moments again bring you back to kind of a childlike feeling before we see some of the gruesome stuff that the man and the woman are going to be doing later Mm -hmm. like i do think that these bounces back and forth in between innocence are important for like the tone of things yes it keeps everything kind of similarly to our episode last week when we talked about Tales from the Hood, it keeps things light despite dealing with some like dark, creepy stuff. It never feels that 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 deep because mm-hmm. the movie keeps quite a light tone. I think especially when you start to get into some of like the abuse that Alice is dealing with, I feel like in a different movie that would be almost like unwatchable but in this movie it's still rough it's still hard to see but i Mm -hmm. i feel like because of the way that it is being portrayed it's not so bad where you think oh my god i can't stomach this um and yeah it has that it has that tone for a lot because i mean we're also dealing with like racism there's 
they were wearing with some very heavily racist, abusive, seemingly overly religious, um, mm -hmm. also um, bordering on sexually abusive people. These are people that are disgusting, like scum of the earth type people. However, they are played so over the top that you can you can deal with them and and it's it's like okay i can watch this and and see these people as caricatures and not mm -hmm. ever feel like overwhelmed by what is yeah. actually happening on screen because yeah. i mean by by the time daddy comes out in the bondage suit i mean <laughs> that could have been very different it could have been very different <laughs> oh man i don't know whose choice that was but kudos good for you because <laughs> it was the right choice I was shooketh when my man stepped out in the latex, but but it just works. Like it works. At this point, after finishing the movie, I can't imagine him coming out in any other outfit. Right. <laughs> it's so it's it's such a why moment when he busts on the scene, head to toe in leather, but shooting his gun and screaming. Every <laughs> about it everything about it feels like you're in a fever dream but it mm -hmm. works so well particularly with this character I, I mean you i i do have to give it up to everett mcgill and wendy robbie for playing the man and the woman so well because mm -hmm. although they are the villains and i acknowledge that they are i still love the moments that we go to them i still love the ridiculous moments where we see them i love like even after they shoot leroy which is so unfortunate leroy mm -hmm. gets gunned down in the hallway but when he's being shot because he wouldn't let full hide with him even though there's plenty of room in that closet <laughs> He tells him that there's no more space and sends Fool to hide elsewhere, which ends up working out for Fool because it's because Leroy hid there that he gets caught. But right. as he's getting shot, Leroy like tells Fool to run. So he's like, run, Fool. And I love when they're, the man and the woman are hugging later. And he's like, did you hear what he called me? A Fool. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody call me. He called you a fool. He's a fool. Only good fools are dead one. <laughs> it's like just so ridiculous, but it's because it's so ridiculous, it makes it in fun entertainment and not just bummer. Like, oh, because that is a moment where you should be like oh now man they took leroy out and now it's just fool by himself you should feel that way in in a certain regard you do but then mm -hmm. at the same time the next things that happen are so ridiculous and over the top that you're able to just kind of breeze by leroy's death pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's unfortunately true but it's like i feel like part of the fun is trying to figure out how these characters who seem at least on like on, on the man side seem kind of dumb and like their execution mm -hmm. of things and like how just bonkers um crazy they are but they keep getting away with things and like every time they get away with something you're always just like how how mm -hmm. did you manage to fool those cops how did you manage to to even like find leroy and like like all these things that they get away with you you can't help but think how and so right. it's just like 
you know that there's no way characters like this can win in the end. So, like, you're just counting down the minutes to their demise. But thankfully, because of the way that they're played, the journey is so much fun. Like, it's Mm -hmm. fun to spend time with these characters, even though you are very much set up to hate them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's the characters that you... You're not rooting for them. I will say it's not that sort of a situation where in other horror movies, I do feel like you have those villains where you're you're rooting for them. Mm. By no means are you rooting for these characters at all. No, no, no. But you're also not booing them when they come. You know, you're not you're never you're you're excited because, you know, by the end of this, they are going to find their downfall, which I also feel like helps because you're right. These are characters that it's obvious they're not going to get away with this. And to know that it almost makes it nice because you're like, okay, I can't enjoy how ridiculous you guys are being because I know by the end of this, you're going to get your comeuppance and they do, Mm -hmm. which is, which is fantastic. But yeah, so now it becomes kind of a battle between fool and, and them because they know Mm -hmm. uh, they don't at first, but they eventually figure out that fool is in the house. And the whole issue is that Fool is trying to figure out how to escape the house because it is like so tightly locked up from (laughs) from the inside. And so also, yeah, we have a few moments with the police where they are called upon um, mommy and daddy. And it's very, very evident that they have been doing this long enough that a they have kind of precautions in place for such situations but also b they are very much playing upon the oh we're just a nice rich white couple that's just trying to fight our way through this neighborhood that's just full of black criminals like they very much play into that whole Mm -hmm. ideology and it works like yeah it gets eaten up that the police are like "Mm, yum 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 yep that sounds right (laughs) like (laughs) my compliments to the chef and and it goes so that's why they're able to get away with it for so long because nobody looks at them and sees a problem or criminals they look at them and see them as like the the upholding of society yeah it is so annoying but (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's great commentary and it's very fitting. It makes a lot of sense. And it also it does a good job of keeping us in the house, too, because staying in this central location is important. Um, We do leave the house at a certain point. But I think by the time that we leave the house, it feels earned. Um, If we had done it any sooner, I feel like the journey wouldn't have felt as harrowing for for fool because like that again that's part of the movie too is like figuring out how are we going to escape this house that seems to have no exits at this point like right for how dumb i may think the characters are getting this house on lockdown is something that they do have a grip on and so figuring out how this 13 year old is going to outsmart these full-grown adults is just like it's it's a fun thing to watch Mm -hmm. and i also i love not only the dynamic between Fool and Alice, but also the way that we flip the script on the people under the stairs. I think both of those were handled yeah. very well. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Because, the yeah, the people under the stairs are framed by the man and the woman as these feral, uncontrollable animals who mm-hmm. are also 
villains in a certain regard because they are taking out people that just stop by the house. And that is true, but that's only because that is what they have been turned into. It Like that's in a, almost a way to keep their hands clean. The man and the woman kill a lot of people by just feeding them to the people under the stairs because it takes care of their problem. And then it also gives the them more of a reason to like attack humans and and to be really aggressive because they're kind of taught that the only time that they'll get food is when outsiders come and they're just people who have they're just like these boys that got kidnapped didn't want to be kidnapped and then got Mm -hmm. punished got punished as a result of that and so yeah it is nice to to watch them also kind of get a victory by the end of it because they're not bad people they're Mm -hmm. just in a horrible situation and and trying to kind of survive that as as well as they can and have been forced to turn into this and i think that i that's why i'm so happy that we have the character of roach because i Mm -hmm. feel like that is an example of what all of those boys were at one point because roach still because he has been able to escape into the house and can kind of do what he wants he's kept a lot of that rebellion and Mm -hmm. so he's able to utilize that and even later on though we see that i i mean it probably just depends on how long you were down there but we do see that a lot of those boys like they've kept that same feeling and all they want is to escape and so when that opportunity is given to them they're gonna take it and they're willing to help to take that it's just they've never had that sort of a chance before and if it's a if it's between like oh i'm gonna die or i'm gonna play along and just deal with the hands i've been given they've all decided to deal with it because they don't have another choice. Mm -hmm. Wes Craven being no stranger to horror knew how to like frame and shoot the people under the the stairs, the little Mm -hmm. bits of them that we do get to see in the early half of the film so that they come across as like the antagonist or something dark or nefarious that we have to deal with. But then, yeah, with the introduction of Roach, you really get to put a face behind these hands that keep coming out of the walls. And Roach is so lovable. Like, he's such a lovable guy. Just a little rascal that is in a very shitty situation and is now scurrying through some walls. But he's he's so cool. And, like, the way that he just knows that he needs to help fool, like, doesn't question it, is just, like, totally, like, I got you, bro. Like, I'm on your Mm -hmm. side. To the point where he's willing to literally sacrifice himself to keep this guy safe. Like, it really changes your whole point of view on these unfortunate people. And it's just, it's it's so cool to watch that dynamic shift happen. And it's so effortless the way that it happens. Because I don't remember when I started rooting for Roach. But I know it was very quick after meeting him, you know? Right, yeah. Because when we first meet Roach, he... We still don't know. Like, we still don't fully know. He seemingly attacks Fool. But it's because we realize later that he can't talk. His cu- mm-hmm. his tongue has been cut out. And so he was trying to help him. But because he couldn't come a- get that across full and we assume that he's being attacked. But yeah, later on, we realize that he's just trying to help him. He's just trying to get him through the walls and tr- help him find a way out. But he also wants to make sure that fool helps Alice because Alice has been stuck in this situation and seemingly has no end. 
because mm-hmm. she is more willing to play along because she is so scared of becoming like the people in the basement and she doesn't want that so she is much more willing to play along as the perfect daughter whereas everyone else has not they've either talked back or like showed that they've seen what's going on or acknowledged that they know what's going on and so she is afraid to do that i do love the part where roach like first really helps fool and he like grabs them and pulls them into the walls and when they're running through the walls and they run by the little area that roach has made into his room and fool's like is this your place and roach is like yeah and he just sounds so <laughs> he sounds so like happy when he says it. he's like yeah that's mine like that's my bed that's my area it is pretty cute i'm not gonna lie he's kind of dolled it up in a in a cool way it has like the christmas lights and like a bed there's some posters on the wall. It looks yeah, he nice. He did his thing. He, he MTV cribbed that. I gave it to he him. Did. I gave it to him. He did the job. <laughs> I was like, okay, Roach. <laughs> nah, uh, uh, Sean Whalen, I believe his name, who plays Roach, he he did great in just presenting this as like a lovable character who is just, again, stuck in the circumstance that he's in. Um, but yeah, once we got the whole team established, we got, you know, Alice is doing her best while honestly taking a brunt of the punishment from the mom we got roach crawling through the walls helping fool and then fools out here looking for an escape once everything's set up and the gears are turning this movie gets really fun it gets Mm -hmm. and like i feel like movies like this it would be very easy for it to get boring because it's a lot of just you know like going back and forth through the walls and like re-trekking through some of the house and whatnot but it never feels stale to me like every time we move on to the next scene i'm always looking forward to what's happening i'm always curious where this journey is taking us next and again i do think like the pacing of the different parts of the house that we get is pretty well done like i like that we don't get up until the attic until we're near the end of the movie when the attic means something you know and like the different aspects of the house we're not in parts of the house that we don't need to be in unless there's a reason for us to be there. And I, I just mm-hmm. think all of that's really smart. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that aspect of it. I, I like I said to you, it's like, I love that because we've introduced the inside of the walls as a whole separate area. It's like we spend a lot of the first half exploring the house itself, but then that second bit exploring inside of the walls because that is the only way that they can really evade the man and the woman. And I think you're right. I think they timed everything. There's enough beginning before they know fools there. And then once they know him, there's enough of that before he gets captured. And then once he gets captured, like everything I feel like just falls into place. And I think what I appreciate the most about everything that happens within the house is they were very clever in the way that they used the escapes and the traps because it always felt real as realistic as it can be i guess but i I guess for for a madhouse because i like really appreciate the fact that like the vents how roach obviously made it so that they would swing instead of close so that you couldn't hear it when he would go through them or Mm -hmm. how there's like the the chimney that leads up into this different section like i love that they put care obviously into the fact that roach would have made this a very specific labyrinth like it has 
order and structure to it and mm -hmm. there is a method to the madness but because you kill Rochoff, once Alice and Fool are stuck in there, I like that they don't know how to navigate it because they're like, no, he didn't make this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Roach, like this was Roach's, this is his place. Like, I didn't, I've never been here before. Right. And so I, I like that even though it feels like we should have a hold on things at that point, it makes sense that we don't. And yeah. so you're opening up some more time for yourself to do that whole let's explore let's adventure without it feeling tedious because that's one thing to me this movie never feels tedious and mm -hmm. i think that you're right it's because every place that they go has purpose at the time it's because when he escapes it makes sense at the time and also because when he goes back later i understand why i'm not like fool what are you doing like obviously it's a wild decision to make but at the same time i know why he is he is doing what he is doing because he now feels like he has a duty to alice to make sure that she's okay also can we talk about how quickly alice can sew that because she already right? has a doll of Leroy and he was only in the house for like an hour tops. She is a professional. I thought that was crazy. I was like, Alice cranked those out that I mean, like big to time. Be, to be fair though, if you literally never leave your house and or room for yeah. X amount of years of your life, I feel like along the way, you're going to pick up some random skills that may or may not impress. Right. Yeah. But no, nah, she is. does make that real quick. Um, also, it's really sad when, when Roach dies. Um, I know. Like, the moment is sad. But I think the second reason why it's so sad is just how much uh, the dad character doesn't care about mm. him and how quickly he's ready to dispatch him. Um, I feel like that just adds to the sadness because it's like, damn, he died. And then homeboy comes down, do, 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 toss a match in there. Like, bro, come yeah. on, he's already dead. He's already dead. He's like, burn in hell. Burn in hell. <laughs> but like yeah. the thing, but that's the smart thing about it, though, is despite the wackiness, despite the fun and all that stuff, this movie is still a horror movie. Um and I think a lot of that comes from these characters. Very specifically, I want to say the dad. Um, mm -hmm. Because a lot of the the heavy lifting, um, a lot of the kind of grunt work is him. And some of the things that we see him do are pretty gruesome. Like, he's got Leroy down and he's gutting him mm -hmm. and eating raw parts of him you know what i mean like this character is very off like there's something clearly wrong with this guy yeah. and it's scary to know that fool is stuck in this situation with character with two characters who are clearly batshit crazy yes yeah and it feels like the like the woman feels like she is more of the brains, I guess you should say, you could say. And then the man is more of the brawn because she does order him around quite a lot. But mm -hmm. I feel like because of that, yeah, it feels like when he gets started, he kind of just loses it. Like he feels much more out of control than she does. Her, yeah. her crazy feels a little bit more calculated whereas his feels like i don't know what i'm doing so we're just gonna go for it kind of a thing and he his his temper 
is much easier to trigger than hers. Now, hers does get worse as the movie goes on, but hers is much more rooted in Alice and Mm -hmm. this feeling of her not being the way that her anger comes from not feeling like the perfect family or like not being that that perfect kind of portrait that she wants things to be. That is when her anger flares. His is just anytime anything happens, he's like ready to pop off, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah, which is eternally unhinged. Yeah, just always upset, which is really creepy, and it's especially creepy when he is left alone with Alice because he, particularly later on, there's this moment where you feel like he is like sexually attracted to her and is maybe trying to like not do anything with her but is very quickly losing that battle and also too he it feels like with him he finds more joy in punishing alice it's not so much like oh i'm punishing you because you did something bad it's just like oh i'm gonna punish you because i want to whereas Mm -hmm. with the mom it's like she punishes her for stupid things but for her they're very specific reasons until later on when alice starts to like push back more and and does start to kind of you know do things that are a little bit more out of her norm and a little bit more rebellious then the mom definitely cranks up what like what she's been doing oh but, yeah yeah they're both nuts and honestly though fool like i said fool holds his own against them which is really, really fun to see. Like, it's it's very cool to see him be able to go blow for blow with them. And I do think that is just because he is much more creative in the way that he fights back. Like, Fool knows his strengths. Mm-hmm. And so he is able to use that against them, whereas... The man and the woman do have weaknesses and you can take advantage of that. Like so like with their dog, like that was a huge blow to them when Fool somehow managed to <laughs> somehow managed <laughs> to pin uh this big old dog against the wall. Uh mm-hmm. oh yeah. So for anybody who does not like to see animals killed, a dog does get killed in this. Though to be fair, the dog is like a menace to society <laughs> in this for- one. So for so long, for so long, it is really cute though. Cause when it's like, when it like lulls his head, cause you can tell that they obviously just like made him tired or something. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of looks like he's just like falling asleep. And then when his head pops out, it's like obviously a fake dog. (laughs) It's so fake. It's so so clearly fake, but I love it. And also like, it's one of those things that like you can get away with that in nineties films. And I think most people will forgive. Um, Nowadays you try and do that. Somebody's going to call you out, but back then it was totally cool to just let that fly. But yeah, despite the dog menace, despite the couple, I mean, fool manages to escape. Uh, Mm -hmm. He can't take Alice with him, but he does get out. I am happy that he escapes. It's the way things should be. I'm not going to pretend that this child was not powered by plot armor um, because there were so many instances where he should have been caught and or died. However, didn't. And, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. But (laughs) I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't there. There are so many times when it's like, we got him. 
guns to the forehead i'm pulling the trigger and then it's like knock 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 on the door wait (laughs) don't shoot (laughs) like there's there's so many so many moments like that where fool is coming away unscathed but because of the nature of the film because it's the goonies effect those kids should have died they should have (laughs) died died. it's like absolutely not are you surviving any of this and so yeah fool fool definitely has the goonies uh effect as well yeah but you know what we're cool with it it works he manages (laughs) to get out not only does he get out but he finds a portion of the secret treasure that's supposed to be there enough to handle everything that he needs to handle like he can pay his rent he can pay for his mom's medical bills like he is good he is Mm -hmm. completely fine yeah well roach gives it to him yeah roach gives it to him like Mm -hmm. like roach lets him know like hey here it is um so he's totally squared up and then he goes back (laughs) yeah but this is one of those rare instances where i had there was no part of me that was upset that the character went back Mm -hmm. i fully understand why he went back the i feel like emotional journey that fool has been on at this point and like the growth that he has already had through this experience i absolutely 100 believe that he would go back for alice like why wouldn't he And so that leads into the final confrontation against the couple. And although Mm -hmm. it is fun and I like the way that things tie up, I did think that this section was a little bit too long. I do think that there are some parts that could have been cut out personally. Okay, that's fair. Um, So, yeah, when he goes back for Alice, it seems like, you know, at this point, like I said, they kind of have the police wrapped around their finger and he but he calls the police first to go do like a wellness check. And Mm -hmm. they get there and, you know, they're playing the happy couple who doesn't have any kids. It feels like it's all just a misunderstanding. So what I do appreciate is there's this uh, this feeling of like fool is there. He's hiding. And I imagine if things had gone right, he wouldn't have felt the need to do his like survive, not survivor, his rescue mission. (laughs) But. Mm -hmm. Things don't go right. The police leave. They think that everything is good and fine. And mm-hmm. so he does need to rescue Alice. There Which, are by moments, the way, they are terrible police officers because they did not find this the child. Attic. And no, I'm talking about how did they oh, not fool, find yeah. fool? He well, was in yeah, a cabinet but, in the kitchen. But why would they be all up in these people's cabinets? I, well, Yo, I they were know. doing a full search of this house and nobody opened up a kitchen cabinet. What I want to know is how did they not find the attic? Because it's not like they hid the attic. They hide the basement. So like, how do you get to this attic? First of all, it looks like it's just stairs. It's not like it's the kind that you have to like pull a ladder down and climb up to. It's stairs. So like nobody found the attic. (laughs) Nobody found Alice chained to a fucking (laughs) chimney. Like, yeah, these police. But that's what I mean. They they very easily convince these police that they've been like wronged in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the police are very quick to believe them. And so they're like, okay, thanks for the cookies and the coffee. Good night. And then they leave. (laughs) Goodbye. So, yeah, there I, I think it's. I think the elements of this part, I I do love this ending, but I do think the parts that feel long are after Alice and Fool are reunited and we're kind of having this back and forth. It's like Alice is going up against the woman and Fool is going up against the man, but it feels like there's a lot of stop and start. It's like, 
I'm about to, like we said earlier, he's like, I'm about to kill you. But first, <laughs> I must go answer the door. Now I'm going to kill you. But first, it's like, you know, it's a lot, a lot of that starts to happen. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily need to happen. I think if we took some of those, like, oh, saved by the bell moments out, I think it would feel a lot more streamlined. Cause we also get this whole idea that the entire community is kind of rising up and rebelling, which adds a third component. That is, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I glad. I, I, but I like that. I thought that's that, that like was three really different, good. Yeah, it's like three different stories now that we're kind of having to balance in mm -hmm. the last half of this last little portion. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, none of the actual elements of the ending I think are bad by any mm -hmm. means. It's just like, like you said, there's a lot of start and stop. There is a lot of, we're together now. Now we're separate. <laughs> yeah. We're together again. Uh, we're going to separate you guys. I've got you red-handed. I let you go. Now I found your secret stash. Now I'm talking to the people under the stairs. Like, mm -hmm. the, like things just keep happening. Even with uh, the woman's, like, death, right? The amount of times that she died in that kitchen <laughs> slash living room before she was actually dead, a little preposterous. Though right. it was... It was still dope to see all of the people from the stairs bashing through the walls and whatnot. Every, Definitely like every crevice are, they were popping out. are coming out like roaches, bro. They're like falling <laughs> from the lamps. They're coming through the cabinets. I swear one came up through the garbage disposal. It was like they were popping out of everywhere. It was absurd. <laughs> yeah. And as somebody who loves zombie films, you know what? I see mm -hmm. what you were doing there and I'm here for it. Like all that was cool. But then, like, we had, like, the slow drag to, like, drag her down before we, like, toss. There was just, there was a lot of things happening. And I mm -hmm. think that for a movie that's been having a lot of things happening, we may have smushed a little too much of them things into the last portion. Um, yeah. I don't know. That could just be a personal taste thing for me. It's just, like, while not being bored... I did still feel the length towards like the last 10 minutes. And I think it's just because of the amount of jumping around that we were doing. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I do. So what is nice to see in this final act is Alice. Like I said, we've seen her be pretty meek and mild mannered. Understandably so. She's terrified. This girl is like petrified of what these people are going to do to her. So she is very, very much like, oh, I don't see it. It's not there. And so it's kind of cool to watch her progressively get more brave throughout this movie. And I feel like this is the peak of that, right? We're seeing mm -hmm. her in, in, in full like, okay, I'm ready to fight back, especially because so Fool's grandfather kind of fills in the blanks for us about what we don't know about the man and the woman. And we find out that they're actually brother and sister. Apparently, Yuck. no, there's nothing. But it's weird because it's like implied that there isn't anything romantic going on. It's more so that they play mother and father. But like you never see them kiss or be sexual to each other. It's just that they like play the parental figures. And yeah. it's a very strange, but it, needless to say, <laughs> they're not like they're not. This is they're These kids are not their kids. These are kids that they have taken from people. And so right. fool comes back and he's like, hey, yo, Alice, like these aren't your parents. And so Alice has a 
brand new perspective on things. So she's kind of ready to knock and buck now, which is kind of cool to see. But I will say some of the back and forth between Alice and the mother, I think out of everything in this section feels the slowest to me. But I think it's because it's like, the mother is kind of dealing with Ruby and the grandfather and the community, but then also dealing with Alice. But then she keeps getting the upper hand. And then even when everybody's popping out from the basement, she still kind of thinks she has the upper hand. Like, I was like, why would you yeah. try and stab Alice? You have <laughs> so many people trying to kill you right now. Like, just take the L. Um, yeah. That I think that's the that's section. the biggest thing is yeah. the amount of times that they lose but haven't fully lost. I feel like right. at one of those at one of those checkpoints, we could have just been like, all right, they have officially lost like they they lose now. Um, right. I just felt like the man and the woman, they uh, they extended their welcome a little too long. Mm hmm. Yeah, so because so the woman gets taken out finally. She finally gets killed by mainly by Alice because Alice does get a little stab in, and mm -hmm. then the, yeah the people throw her down the stairs, which I love that little stair slide thing. I think yeah, that's super cool. So fun. It's so fun. I also like that other trap that has the spikes that almost kills Alice in full. Mm -hmm. I wish we got more of those though. It was like the only trap like that, and then. We mm -hmm. don't really have anything else like that. But um, so then Fool kind of starts an alliance with the people under the stairs. It's There's this one particular guy that's down there who kind of seems a little bit more cognizant of what's happening. And so mm -hmm. he kind of grabs Fool and is like, hey, yo, I'll help you out. Um and he shows him where all the money is stashed. Why would they keep their money inside of the pit that they keep the kids? Because that's like you have to go in there all the time to get your money. I feel like that's why, though. <laughs> they're they're like yeah. the, the guardians for it. Because if you were if you're going to rob their place and you saw what was down in that basement, you probably would not venture deeper in. So I right. like I, I don't judge them on that. I think that perhaps, perhaps, if they got away with keeping <laughs> all of these kidnapped children down there, mm -hmm. it's a safe area for them to also keep their Hide loot. Their money, like, I don't think yeah. anyone's checking down there. True. And I mean, I agree with Fool when he's like, weird place to keep your money, I guess, or whatever. But, I, but I feel like that also leads into this idea that I mentioned earlier where it feels like they just like the idea of gaining wealth but they're not doing anything with it it's just sitting there collecting no. stuff they just like the having all of that money and like full makes this comment of like no wonder there's no money in the ghetto like here it, here it all is but it really <laughs> does feel like yeah they just like the idea of fucking all of these people over and getting money from that and then just like sitting on that money because like yeah and it's a shit ton of money too it's, it's like so aladdin walking into the cave levels of <laughs> yes. money like <laughs> yes it is it's like damn and so here are two realities that as as much as i love like the end end of this movie um two realities that we do need to accept is one full would have been blown to bits with how yes. close he was to that dynamite and also how much dynamite was in that house in general there is no way that fool did not get absolutely obliterated in that explosion oh yeah he's so dead and that house is gone that house does not yeah. exist anymore it should have yeah. 
flown into the stratosphere <laughs> with how much it blew up. Yeah, that house should be splinters at this point, but it's still kind of standing. But also, and maybe more importantly, um, we are going to need to seriously reintegrate these boys back into society. I don't <laughs> think we should just let them run out into the world and be free. <laughs> um, I think we should maybe start with some therapy, um, maybe get them used nah. to the sun again, maybe nah. get them used to diseases. <laughs> Their immune systems are going to be fucked. Like, there's, they, they've be been eating free, people. Be free, my cellar children. Been, be free. They have been eating people for how long? <laughs> Some of them don't have eyes. Some of them don't have ears. Some of them don't have tongues. And we are just letting them run freely into the streets. Like, this is West Side Story. I'm like, can someone grab these children and get them some help like i'm so happy that they're that they're out of this situation but oh my god do they need therapy nah they're in god's hands now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's just so funny to me when all of them run out because it's like you just see them slinking their way through the crowd and like legitimately running into the streets and it's wild <laughs> yeah it's also raining money too which is a fun yeah. shot and it's a cool idea of like yes now it's left these terrible people the wealth is going back to the community and whatnot mm -hmm. i just wanted one person just one person could have been an extra could have been anybody to just grab one of those dollars out of the sky and be like yo this is burnt to shit <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck yeah because it's like the money is yes in perfect condition the crispest greenest bills you may ever see in your life mm -hmm. and yeah it is raining down into the hands of everybody i also love there's one shot <laughs> there's one shot where before fool blows the house up where or i'm sorry no it's after fool blows the house up where alice like runs down and checks on him and there's the one kid that was like down in the basement and he mm -hmm. looks over at them and he just smirks and like runs <laughs> <laughs> like out of the house. It's just so funny because I'm like, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we go. We... What are the vibes? dude? Like <laughs> we we go full, full fucking uh adventure conclusion it's, it's fine though because like it's for how ridiculous it is how many things you have to kind of let go to make things work it's a mm -hmm. great ending like the oh it's so the, good, the yeah. energy the visuals all that stuff fantastic like that's the way that this movie should end mm -hmm. yeah and like the song joys the the bringing the community in and having them all be able to celebrate in it is is really cool. It's a it's a cool ending. And it's nice, like going back to what you said about how it's sad that Roach dies. It is sad, but it's also kind of nice. Like I feel like Roach dies and when he dies, he's happy because I feel like he really believes in Fool and really feels like Fool could like save Alice and get justice. And it's so yeah. it's really nice that he does because Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like, it all, it's all that matters is that not only did he help all of these people inside the house, but as a result, he's helped all of the people in the community because we find out that not only are they the landlords of the complex that fool and his family live in, they own multiple properties that they've been kicking people out of. They, mm -hmm. um, have been just like 
stealing kids willy-nilly for years stealing babies yeah. from, from people and also too they're like severely racist in a neighborhood full of black people so it's like not only is he helping just those people that were very very directly being abused by the man and the woman he has also helped the entire neighborhood and given them all of their like money that they probably lost out on by trying to live in their like apparently shitty apartments for like double the price or whatever sh whatever they said they were doing mm -hmm. it's very true also a little bit random but just a shout out um fool has some great one-liners he I does them them taunts towards the family were were a plus i loved every single one of them yeah fool has some great one-liners i think my favorite one just because it's so ridiculous is when he roasts the dog by saying your mom sleeps with cats because <laughs> it's like why would you why would you even need to say that it's like the dog would have attacked you anyway but i love the implication that because he said that the dog attacks him and mm -hmm. that one just lives rent free Oh, uh, absolutely. That's a, but, but that's the thing, though. It's just like Fool is just so lovable, and like yeah, we talked about it at the beginning. But it's like he's such a great main character, and mm -hmm. honestly, one of my favorites as well in terms of just like watching a character go through a story. I haven't rooted for a character this hard in a minute, and mm -hmm. like having that character succeed and succeed in such a grand way is just very satisfying and very gratifying, and like yeah this movie to me does do like despite any issues uh or things that bothered me about the movie by the time it was over i felt satisfied i felt full like mm -hmm. i felt like i went on a complete journey and once the credits hit i was absolutely a-okay with everything that had happened yeah yeah same and and i have to give it to them uh for sticking the landing because nothing sucks more than having like a final one-liner that is really dumb but i love the one in this but i feel like a million bucks i'm like that's perfect i just mm -hmm. it's it's perfect i i mm -hmm. i agree fool is just top top tier he has such great moments he has great lines that are delivered super well like mm -hmm. The, the everything the he delivery says, is half of it honestly oh yeah the way it's delivered is fantastic everything he says makes perfect sense for his character i just think that in general his character is fantastic but also the relationships that they're able to cultivate within this movie where that shouldn't really be the case like fool's relationships with everybody in this movie are so different but they're all so good because i love his relationship with roach i love it with alice i love it with leroy like i just think He's just, he's something else. He's something else. <laughs> he's something else. I'll tell you what, he is something else. <laughs> uh, but that's everything I got about people under the stairs. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I think, oh, yes. I, my one final note. I know mm -hmm. I just, I just really gas full up. But one thing I will say is when he goes to crack into the safe, because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, wait, it's like, it's there's an alarm on it. And Fool goes, don't worry, I've studied with the best. Didn't he only work with Leroy and and um, the other guy for and like Spencer. a day? <laughs> Less like, than a day. When did he learn how to crack a safe? 
He and says it like he's been working with them for years. And I'm like, when did also, Leroy teach two, you that? His two role models are dead now also. Yeah. So I don't know if they're the yeah. best people to be pulling information from. Yeah. Not only are they dead, they're so fucking clumsy. Because like, <laughs> Leroy's way of breaking into the house was just busting a window open <laughs> in broad daylight. I Such just thought finesse, it was my guy. I just thought it was funny how he's like, "Don't worry, I've learned from the best." I'm like, "The way that you've learned, I wouldn't be surprised if you just accidentally blew everybody up." But somehow, <laughs> yeah, but somehow he opens it and everything is fine. But I was just like, "Come on, fool. Don't be don't be don't be ridiculous. Like, don't lie to this boy. He has had enough hardship in his <laughs> life. Don't lie to him." <laughs> this child has the power of God and plot on his side. <laughs> Anything that he believes he can do he can do and i'm okay with it because i am team fool Let's go. <laughs> yeah but no i think that was that was it was it for me um okay and then okay. in general i know we touched on this a little bit earlier but in general as a movie that has um a, like a black main character and is taking a lens at, on like black culture and black people. Do you feel like Wes Craven did a good job writing the script um, in general? Mm. Um, Are you yes. happy with that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I am. Um, and when we talk about our actual ratings, too, I'll go a little bit deeper into it. But mm -hmm. there are some like plot things that are clearly weird or wacky to me that i don't necessarily agree with from like a plot perspective point mm -hmm. but also the bigger conversation about this movie within the black community and like what it means and everything like that um what i like about this movie is i feel like it has a particular longevity because although it's an important and interesting movie to black people that's not the biggest theme or main point in the movie because yeah. I feel like you could really argue a lot of this is more of like a class thing, more of like mm -hmm. a class discussion and like wealth versus those who do not have that wealth. And then like the secrets behind closed doors um, and all that stuff. Like there are a lot of other elements to this story that revolve around, you know, black life and black struggle. But it's not like specifically that. Mm -hmm. Getting to the point here. What I like about that is. One of the things that I think you and I have made a comment on many times before is the idea of having black characters in roles that aren't that they're not in just because they're black, but because mm -hmm. they are the best person for the role and they tell the story. Well, the fact that he is black in this story does matter to a mm -hmm. degree. But when we're in the heat of it, once we're in the house and all these things are happening, it's more just about the journey of this kid trying to get out of this place. And it's less about the color of his skin. And I enjoy that because, boom, that's what we're asking for. We're asking for more stories where the character's skin tone or racial background isn't the reason why they're the main character. It's because they're the best character to handle the situation in this story. And I mm -hmm. feel that very strongly with Fool. I feel like him being black is important, but it, the 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 way that the character is portrayed and the journey that the character goes on supersedes that. And I think the script allows for that to happen. And that's what I really like about it. Uh, mm -hmm. So I would say yes. For me personally, I would say that he did a good job 
the script could have used some tweaks in some places. Again, it got away with some stuff. But I think overall for like the bigger message and like commentary and all that stuff, it, it did what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Do you do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I just feel, you know, I just feel like it's tough when you're trying to write for a character or a culture that's outside of yours um, or even just like a uh, like men right i've said this many times men writing for teenage girls like writing outside of like your age or your gender or your race i think it can be really tricky but i actually think it's done well in this like there are some lines that i think fall a little flat as far as um you know like and that and it's nothing to do with the actors um performance or the way that they say it. it's just more so it's like okay that line did not hit the in the manner that you thought that was gonna hit but i think for the most mm-hmm. part most of the humor lands for me i feel like the lines feel like natural coming out of the actor's mouths i think especially for fool i could definitely see that being like a kid that i hung out with when i was younger like you know what i mean like it's there's definitely that like very 90s, like oh, I'm a smart aleck kid, but I feel like it really fits full. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I actually am pretty impressed by the writing. I will say, I think that because of the over the top tone, he gave himself some wiggle room where yeah, exactly. you're able to heighten a lot of things and it fits in a different way than like. If this was a more straightforward film, I probably would give some side eye to some of the things that are being said. But because it's not and it is the tone that it is, I feel like everything works like really well. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I I was I personally was like enjoy it. And I think that Wes Craven did a good job um, at keeping these characters fun and not like offensive at all i don't yeah. <laughs> i never i never was watching it i was like what the fuck like i i was fine with the characters <laughs> true true but all right in that case shall we hop into the rating for this one we uh well we gotta figure out a metric first what are we thinking today i mean we could rate it out of people under the stairs we could. We could also rate it out of gold coins. We could rate it out of people under the stairs is still kind of winning. It's, it's, it's kind, kind of, it kind of just fits. It's kind of a good one. Kind of slapping. We're probably most likely not going to use that one again either. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think that one's very specific. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go with it. Let's. Uh, we'll okay. hit this one on the nose. We'll do it out of people under the stairs. Okay. Uh, would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. All right. What you thinking? I give this five people under the stairs out of five. Ooh, okay. Dude, I don't know. I love this movie. I think it's fun. It's this movie kind of has me like signed, sealed, and delivered because it's covering a sort of movie that I love. I love kids on adventures, and I love horror movies, and you put them both together, and you kind of like got me, and so... Yeah, I don't know. I just think that this movie is so entertaining. I think that it's so much fun. I like the characters in it. I like the scenario. I think that it meets, wake, makes for some like wacky hijinks. I love a booby trap type of film. And mm-hmm. also, too, I think the acting in it is really good. Yes, at times it has some 
tone like uh like some timing issues not in the general oh like sense but like the ending i think has a little bit of issue breaking into the different sections and even the beginning is a little bit wonky at times but for the most part i think that they they pretty much nail it um Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Every single time that I watch this movie, I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun with it. I think they did a good job of covering the topics that they wanted to without being heavy handed. And I will watch this movie any day of the week. So yeah, five out of five people under the stairs. Very, very solid. Uh, <laughs> I myself, I think I'm going to give it 4.7 out of five mm-hmm. people under the stairs. Um, a lot of the same reasons. I think this movie is phenomenal. And what I like about this particular movie and a lot of movies from this time is they, again, have this timeless effect to them where I really feel like I could watch this movie in like 20 years and still get as much enjoyment from it as I got for from this watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's just a very entertaining movie. Like I, I, I do not think you'll be bored watching this one. Um, the characters are great. Um, although very eccentric and heightened, they still do what they need to do. Uh, the only reason it's really not a perfect for me is there are some logic lapses that I just can't get past being the person that I am. Um, and a couple <laughs> like script and plot things that are like, sure, because I like the movie, I let it go. But like, yeah. objectively, this could probably be a little bit better. Um, so for that, I take, I nick a couple points just to be a little realistic for me. Um, but I think this movie is fantastic. I think it's great. I think everybody should see it at least once. Um, it's so much fun. And I think Wes Craven did a phenomenal job with this. Uh, so 4.7 out of 5 people under the stairs. Nice. Also, I do want to mention in 2020, it was announced that Jordan Peele was producing uh, the People Under the Stairs remake. Mm-hmm. Um I have not heard anything else about that since it was announced. <laughs> so Same, I don't likewise. know. I don't know like the whereabouts of where that would be if it is in production, if it's still happening or what have you. Um, but yeah, just worth mentioning. So I guess we'll we'll be on the lookout for that and we'll keep you guys posted. But um, yeah, yeah, that is the case. Even if that does not end up happening, I I'm not going to be upset because I love the original one so much, but it would be interesting, I think, to maybe see it um, in a more modern lens. But mm-hmm. as far as the original goes, we, of course, would love to hear how many people under the stairs you would give it. And you can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. And if you want to talk a little bit more in depth, you can always slide into our discord. That's where we hang out with the homies every day of the week. We chit chat about horror, but other things as well. So if you'd like to come in there and talk about the movie, the link for that is in our social media bios. If you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we will be streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games, hang out with the homies, chit chat, talk a little bit more about the movie and have some drinks and some fun. So we'd love to see you guys come through, say hello. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners and we like to hear what you're thinking of it. So if you haven't done that yet, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, it's super easy. You can leave us a rating there by clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for the people under the stairs. Um, I think this is my last like 
sort of cheat extra episode that's kind of my <laughs> choice and then we're moving on from here but i hope mm-hmm. you guys enjoyed the episode and we will be seeing you guys next week for more black horror catch you next time homies bye